Hey, it's Manisha and Shirley from Make It Shine, the money podcast. On today's podcast, how much does it actually cost to have kids? If you're thinking about growing your family or just curious, the answer might surprise you. Keep listening to find out. All right, Manisha. So I came across an Instagram post recently about a couple in India suing their own son because he hasn't given them grandkids yet. What's that about? Yeah, it's everywhere. The headline reads, give us $650,000 for grandkids. I'm curious how they came up with the value of $650,000. And I'm actually really surprised that you can make a legal case for this. Like a judge has actually agreed to hear this case. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if it actually sets a precedent. I mean, I wonder how many other grandparents are looking at this and and they're like, wait a minute, we can sue? (laughs) So there was another article I came across as well about someone in India wanting to sue their parents for giving birth to him without his consent. Yeah, I read that too. That guy is like, hey, I'm an antinatalist. And uh, these are people that are actually philosophically against procreation. So they actually think that having kids is wrong. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, it's a fascinating topic. This is coined as a philosophical thought in ancient Greece. And according to some, they even believe it's part of Buddhist teaching. So yeah, it's, it's a big rabbit hole. So interesting. So this guy who wanted to sue his parents didn't actually even find a lawyer who wanted to represent him. His own mom is a lawyer. And in the article, when he told her over breakfast that he was going to sue her, she said, that's fine. But don't expect me to go easy on you. I'll destroy you in court. Oh my God, that's a, that's a badass mom. That's actually hilarious. So it looks like you can sue for everything, right? You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Whether you have kids, don't have kids, someone somewhere has a problem with your decision. But if you do have kids, you're the one left holding the bill. And it's a hefty bill. I'm sure zero people are surprised to know that having kids is expensive. And it's actually really, really hard to quantify it because not every parent is going to parent the same way or really even has kids the same way. My friends have gone through IVF, adoptions, even surrogacy. And each of these paths has their own costs and challenges. That's so true. And the topic of children is a deeply personal and individual experience. Yes, I agree. I mean, no parenting or pregnancy experiences alike. And having kids is definitely not just a financial choice. Also, not all parenting units look the same. You can be a single parent or live in a large multi-generational family. Exactly. And a lot of the research that's done, it's actually done on a traditional family unit, which is, you know, a nuclear family. And most of them actually don't include data on LGBTQ family units and even other socioeconomic groups. So a lot of the research we're going to mention later in this podcast is actually incomplete. That's right. So any costs and experiences will vary significantly. I actually remember when I was in university, my macro econ professor, he put up a picture of a Ferrari and a baby and he's like, hey, they cost the same. It's your choice. Okay. So I'm not a car person. I know Ferraris cost a lot, but what is the cost of a Ferrari? So a top of the line Ferrari is anywhere from two to $3 million. An average Ferrari is two hundred to $300,000. So that's the range. So you can spend as much as $2 million on kids or two hundred dollars to 300000 According to several studies, the cost of raising a human being for 18 years, right? So that's around a quarter million dollars. So $250,000 in Canada and like slightly cheaper in the U.S. at $233,000. And again, that's before the crazy inflation we've seen this year. But even then, like these estimates got a lot of criticism because people said, hey, it's not accurately tracking the cost of things like childcare, which is 
increasing at two to three times the rate of inflation. It's even more expensive, possibly, than these numbers. Yeah. So if you divide it out, it's really expensive, but it does make sense over a whole lifetime. That's about thirteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year, give and take. Yeah, and that is assuming you only have one child. So there are some benefits. Obviously, you know, you've cost benefits to having another child, and you can share some of the costs. But when you have more than two children, there's like a large step function of fixed costs that go up. Having a third kid, for example, completely changes the type of car that you need, the size of the home that you need. And if you have boys versus girls, apparently boys cost more. They run the numbers and they say on average, it's 30% more expensive to feed a boy than to feed a girl. Okay, but what about the other stuff? I always think girls end up paying more for the same things. It's the pink tax. According to Wikipedia, The pink tax refers to the tendency for products marketed specifically towards women to be more expensive than those marketed for men, and the name stems from the observation that many of the affected products are, in fact, pink. Yeah, no, that's actually really true. So research shows that toys geared towards girls actually cost on average seven percent higher. For example, like a green dino car will cost you fifty dollars, while a pink princess themed car costs fifty five dollars. And I also find like a lot of times the pink toys are just out of stock or harder to buy. I mean, our personal solution has been to just not care about theme or colors. But I fully understand some parents and some kids actually just really want a princess theme, and I mean, it's tempting. They're so cute. I mean, I know I've bought more than my share of pink things. So a survey by Money Tips showed that 60% of the respondents believe that it was more expensive to raise girls versus boys. And while they all agreed that boys eat more than girls, things like school supplies, clothes. And toiletries cost more for girls, and when you average that over 18 years, it costs 17,000 more to raise a girl than a boy. And obviously, this is average, and individual spending patterns will be different. But a lot of it comes down to the pink tax that we talked about, and it's not just for girls, but even women, right? That continue to pay much higher prices for similar items. Yeah, it's not fair. Being charged more for the exact same product just because they slapped on what they consider feminine-looking packaging. So we'll talk more about what that means in a future podcast on the cost of being female and what the pink tax means. Yeah, and the other thing is, people always talk about the pink tax as being a woman issue. But who's raising these girls? Women and men. So if you're a dad, an uncle, a grandpa, you too should be upset about the pink tax as much as I am right now because you're paying a higher cost for all these products as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So going back to the surveys on the cost of raising girls versus boys, there's another survey done in the UK that says it's more expensive to raise. Boys, because there's more wear and tear on toys and clothing, so that survey also says that boys were more likely to move back home after 18 versus girls, and they would also ask for financial help from their parents more. So maybe in the longer term, raising boys costs more. I think in general, both these surveys just highlight that the cost of raising kids is just a range. And I know I grew up with a mix of new clothes and hand-me-downs, and I know my brother wore some of my sweaters, so my parents definitely didn't buy into that princess phase. And also, probably helps that my brother looks good in pink. Yeah, and wasn't pink originally meant as a color for boys, and blue was for girls? So this is like the De Beers story with diamonds all over again, where they told us you need to spend three months' salary on an engagement ring. It's all just marketing ploys for companies to make more money off of consumers. Okay, let me share another one with you. On average, parents are going to change over two thousand diapers, and that's a lot. And when they're younger, it's actually much higher. So, like in the first ten days of a child's life, you're probably changing sixty to eighty diapers. And diapers are not cheap. If just based on that number, it probably means you're spending more than five hundred dollars on diapers alone. But what's even more interesting is now, at least the, all the diapers that I've bought, they have this little like moisture-activated blue strip on each diaper, which is great. So you know, if, you know, the diaper needs to be changing. Someone's peed. 
You got to do it. But it's so sensitive. So when our daughter was young, that strip was almost always blue. Like the instant we put it on, it turns blue. <laughs> and when you're a new parent, you want to do everything right. You're like, oh my God, I got to change the diaper immediately. Now I'm like a more seasoned mom. I'm like, wow, these companies scammed me. I'm just changing diapers all the time and buying diapers nonstop just because I see the blue line and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to change it. Wow. I guess new parents are easy targets too because you want to do your best. And you're probably functioning on very little sleep. Oh, the things I have ordered on Amazon Prime at 3 a.m. on no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like instant online shopping is not always a good thing. Well, studies show that more parents are sleep deprived and on average get about four and a half hours of rest each night during the first 12 months, which is the equivalent of losing 50 nights of sleep. And to make up for the lack of sleep, parents are falling asleep during the day. 21% of parents have slept in parked cars, 12% at the kitchen table, and 11% have slept in the shower. The London School of Economics also did a study that found that there are financial impacts due to the lack of sleep. And every extra hour you can sleep as a parent, you increase your household income by 11%. And you know what the other thing is? It's harder to fall asleep. I was actually chatting with a work colleague who's recently potty trained her daughter, and she was sharing how exhausting it is, how the whole process, like she has to be constantly vigilant and hyper-focused. And at the end of the night, she's just so alert because she's been so focused the whole day. She has such a tough time even drifting off to bed. So this sounds really hard, and it isn't even the full cost of having kids. What about the hidden costs? Yeah, according to the 2016 census in Canada, in the year following the birth of a first child, women aged 25 to 34 experienced a reduction in earnings of about 48%, which is half your salary, essentially. Sure, some of that you can attribute to mat leave, which in Canada can be as long as 18 months. But even after coming back to work, women experience a significant earnings penalty, which can go on for as long as five years after the birth of their child, especially if you're younger. You know, 25 to 29-year-olds see an additional 14% of earnings loss over this period. And on the flip side, men don't experience any penalty at all. In fact, having children for men is associated with an increase in earnings. Right. That was a study conducted by RBC using the 2016 census data. And it also showed that if women have children later in their careers, between the ages of 30 to 34, even though there is initial cost, their earnings quickly return to and even surpass the level of those without children. So the study suggests having kids early in your career could have a bigger impact on earnings. There's been so much destigmatizing around being child-free that I personally think is so welcoming and really important. I mean, for so long, women were measured by the size of their child-bearing hips. And now they know they have other options, and the same goes for men. Yes, so the U.S. birth rate is at a 35-year low, and the total fertility rates have fallen by 20% since the recession in 2008. And there are many studies and articles that cite the number one reason millennials are choosing not to have kids is because of how expensive it is. And after the pandemic, 17% of millennials are even less interested in having kids than before. Yeah, the financial burden is really substantial, especially if you're a younger parent. I mean, there are some ways that the government step in and help. So the Canadian government provides quite a bit of support. For instance, number one, like you can get a maximum of 7200 in contributions from the government for the RESP. And if you're a lower income family, you can actually access up to $2,000 to help kickstart your child's RESP through the Canada Learning Bond. Number two, if you are a low income family, you also get the Canadian Child Benefit, which is up to 6000 per year for each eligible child under the age of six and up to 5,600 per year for each eligible child age six to 17. And lastly, you do get maternity employment insurance from the government up to a maximum of $573 a week before tax. 
So earlier we said that the average annual cost of raising a kid is $13,000. So this $6,000 from the government can help offset it. And that cost is an average. I mean, the $13,000 is just an average figure. So is it possible to raise kids for less? Absolutely. Ultimately, having kids, you know, costs more than the finances we just discussed. Yes. So there's the opportunity cost from a career perspective for women, the lack of sleep that we also talked about. And one more thing, a complete shift in social lifestyle. So are there any financial benefits to having kids? It's a tough one. So for me personally, I feel I'm much more forward-looking after having a child than I was before. So now I genuinely have to worry about the future and have to worry about somebody else and not just me. So think about climate change more seriously or human rights or, you know, how I'm going to set my child up for success when it comes to finances. And a lot of these things, I think, were always on my mind. They were on the periphery, but they're now in laser focus. So, for instance, I finally got life insurance. I finally set up a will, and I wouldn't have done any of these things if I didn't have a child. Okay, so with that new focus, referencing what we talked about earlier, it makes a bit more sense that men with kids make 20% more than men without kids. There's more at stake. Exactly. Ultimately, it is very hard to put everything down in dollar terms. For me, this last Mother's Day, my daughter, she gave me my very first handmade Mother's Day card. It had like a cut out of her (laughs) tiny hand. And I mean, what is that worth? Like to the average person, it's worth nothing. For me, it's priceless. I mean, you can ask, is it worth $250,000? And probably more for me, right? So it's, it's really hard to put it all down in dollars. Yeah. And many of the studies on parents and happiness actually differ based on where they're located. So if you're a parent in countries where you have a lot of support, like Norway, for example, you're actually much happier after you have kids than before. Another study by sociologist Roy Boymeister, he explored the difference between happiness and satisfaction and concluded that the more time people spent taking care of children, the more meaningful they said that their life was. So that was a lot to get through, and we probably just scratched the surface. There's no straight answer, except if you have kids, it changes your life completely in every way. And if you really want kids, you're going to value that experience alone as being priceless. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and give us a five-star review. And don't forget to make it shine. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.